This week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem. Look at it, failure as like it's almost a prerequisite to success. In order for you to succeed, you almost have to fail. I don't know any successful person that hasn't failed before. And they use that failure as a motivation or momentum or whatever the case you want to call it to do greater and better things. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, the show where we sit down with some amazing people who are doing some amazing things. And you guessed it, we asked them three questions, not about their successes, though, but rather about their failures and the lessons that they learned from those failures. So today's guest is Coach Alex. He's a certified personal trainer. Uh, he's a martial artist and he's a former college football athlete. Alex, my man. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Three Questions by Corey Kareem. Thank you, Corey, for having me, man. Pleasure to be here. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. You know, life is good. Uh, it's a little busy right now. Business is going well, but yeah. uh, I'm alive and kicking, so no complaints, you know? Uh, that's awesome. So um, I know I gave you kind of a, a little bit of a lightweight intro. So uh, for the guests, for my, my listeners, all the people who tune into my podcast, why don't you tell them a little bit uh, about who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Coach Alex, owner and head coach of Strength Camp Toronto, a.k.a. your favorite coach. <laughs> I've been a certified personal trainer since 2015, uh, for a former, former or ex, I should say, university football player. Then I got became a martial artist, and now I'm a competitive powerlifter. And I'm a full-time gym owner. Uh, I do personal training, online training, group training. Uh, and I'm all about strength training. Uh, my big thing is that if you want to be the best version of yourself, then you need to become the strongest version of yourself. There is no best version without being the strongest version. So that, that's what I do in a nutshell. Yeah. I, li I, like, I like the way you, you crafted that. I'm, I'm a wordsmith myself, and I got to say, I give it to you with that wordplay. That's, that's well done. And so let me ask you this. I, I know this is not a part of the questions, but um, have you been operated? And maybe you don't want to put this out there. So I'll just tell you what I'm doing because I don't mind putting myself out there. So I've been going to a gym for like the last two months, April, since April, late, late April. Um, they found like a loophole that that allows them to open up during COVID. And what's what's so interesting and funny about it, well, not even funny, but just interesting is that, so this gym, I saw, I'm all the way in the West End. Um, because, you know, COVID gyms are technically supposed to be closed up here in, in, in the GTA and the greater Toronto area. Right. The only type of people you see in this gym are bodybuilders, uh, people who are competing in some type of fitness competition, uh fitness enthusiasts and like your ig models so right. everybody in this gym is in shape this is not like your la fitness or your good life where some of people are in shape some of you are everybody in this gym is like ripped but um anyways i i'm out there i'm i'll put myself out there i've been going to the gym for the last uh six seven weeks so nice nice yeah yeah so um, uh yeah go ahead so yeah, I, I think you were gonna ask me if I was gonna if I was still open. Mm, All yeah, right. Yeah. So just for the cameras here, I want you guys to read in between. I've been closed. I've been closed the whole time. All right. I haven't been opened at all. You know what I mean? But that was kind of a blessing in disguise for me. 
uh, because what I was able to do is I was able to bring my strength training, my strength camp program online. So for the last 14, 15 months that it was, I really focused all my energy on growing my online presence and my online strength training program. And it's, it's been going well. It's been going really well. So yeah, I, yeah. I can't complain about that as well. And you know what? At the beginning of COVID, uh, me and a friend of mine who's in uh, stateside, we had just as like friends and just people who just love fitness and love working out and staying healthy. We started our own little group and we had grown it to like 18 people in all different states and countries and people would tune in for about an hour, hour and a half and work out. And one of the things I realized it, it did for, for people like yourself who actually run a legit business is that it's open up your, your borders, so to speak. So before yes. where you're confined or restricted to a geographical area, let's say the GTA or a certain section of the greater Toronto area, wherever you live, now you could train people in Jamaica, you could train people in the yes. States, you could train people across the world, you know? So, right. Right. so blessing in disguise for sure. Um, but coach, let's get into it. So uh, question number one, as a, as a certified personal trainer, martial artist and a former uh, university football player. What has been your biggest failure to date? Tell me about that moment and why you believe it was your biggest failure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, man. And that was, this is something that I have to admit that it's not something that I'd like to admit that I failed at, but sometimes in life you have to, you have to take an L. You got to take it out. You got to not only take the L, you have to accept the L. You know, mm. and for me personally, some people might not even think it's a big failure, but for me personally, my biggest failure to this date that I can think of is not going through and becoming a professional football player, specifically making the NFL. Mm. And the reason why I say it's the biggest failure, because ever since I was a little kid, I started playing football. I was eight years old. I started playing football. And I had my mind set on becoming a professional athlete. Like there, there was no other options. I gave myself no other options. And anyone who knows when they have their mind set on something and they believe they're going to make something happen and it doesn't, it's like a stab in the heart. You know, it's one of those hard, hardest pills that I have to swallow. And it was a pretty tough time for me when I didn't make it. Because, like I said, I was dead set on it. Nobody could tell me otherwise. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Uh, and part of the reason why it's the biggest failure is because I truly believe that I didn't believe in myself. Mm. What happened was there was a certain point where I gave up. I quit. I quit. I didn't verbalize quitting. I didn't verbalize. But internally... I gave up. I gave up. I stopped taking it serious. I stopped taking my school serious. I stopped taking my training serious. I just, for whatever reason, I said to myself, Alex, you know what? It might be better if you just go back home and don't try to pursue this goal. It's maybe it's too difficult or you're not really, you're good, but are you really good enough? And I internalized all those thoughts. And it's not that anyone was telling me this. It was just me just doubting myself. I doubted myself that I could do it. And to this day, man, it's something that I think about. You know, this was something that I was pursuing maybe 15, 20, close to 15, 20 years ago. And to this day, I think about it like, man, 
what if I would have went all in on that? What if I really didn't doubt myself? What could have happened? So for me, by far, I mean, I've had other failures, but this was by far for me, my biggest failure for sure. For sure. So, so question for you, what, what, what triggered that, that belief or that lack of belief? Like, was there a specific moment that triggered that? Is there something that happened that triggered that? I, I can't say there was one specific moment. It just, it, it, the, the journey became a little bit harder than I wanted it to be. Mm. That's what triggered it. I had to go through a little bit more trials and tribulations, a little bit more hurdles than I wanted to go through. Mm. And at that time, me being a young adult, I didn't know how to cope with that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if I wanted to cope with it. So I just decided to pack it in, just pack it in, just right. shut it down and kind of go through the motions and not pursue my, my dreams the way I should have pursued. And anyone who makes it knows that once you to, to get to where you got to go, you have to be all in. You got to be 100% in. Right. Uh, and I just wasn't that. And I wasn't even close to that. And, and it was all because I just didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe I had whatever reason I had doubts in myself. And I didn't believe in myself. Right. So looking, so looking back now, would you say that, you know, if, if you had to do anything different, you'd, you'd, you'd go back and you'd give it everything you got. You'd go all in 110%. Or is there anything more that you would do? Yes and no. Yes mm-hmm. and no. That's a little bit of a trick question. Yes and no. If I was going back and I had to do it again, obviously, you know what I mean? I would, try to do 110%, give it my all and really see uh, where I can get, really go for it. But at the same time, I truly believe if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be who I am now. Mm. I wouldn't be the type of person, I wouldn't have the self-belief that I have now. I wouldn't have the drive, the determination, ambition that I have now to go after what I want and know that I can get it and fight through the hard times. So yes, I would do something different, but at the same time, no, I wouldn't because who I am now, I'm happy with. And I believe that I'm better now because of it. I'm stronger now because of it. You know what I mean? Right. So in essence, that failure, if you want to call it, that was really a lesson because it allowed you to become the man you are today. Absolutely. So, 100%. It's, also, so it's also fair to assume that you have no regrets. Yeah, it's not a regret. I w- it's a failure, yes, but it's not a regret. Definitely not a regret. Because like I said, it, it's, it's propelled me and it's projected me. It, it switched my trajectory and it, li- it led me to another path that I feel like I could finally reach my full potential. I mean, I don't know what it would have been like if I was a professional play- football player, but I know what I am now and I feel like I'm reaching my full potential right now. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. No, and I, you know, what I'm unpacking from this is that I think that there are, you have two groups of people, maybe there are more, but two that come to mind. There are people that would have a similar experience to to yours where they had a dream, a goal, a major goal. Maybe it was their lifelong dream to become X. It didn't work out 10, 15 years past, however many years. And they look back and they're thinking, man, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but didn't. I wish I did this. And they lament on that. They reminisce on that. They stay stuck on that. And then there are people like you who look back saw that things didn't go the way that they wanted to, but they took that in and you said you used the word accepted and then they turned that into something else and it fueled them and it helped them to become successful in another area or maybe a similar area uh, as well. And so therefore that 
failure, if you want to call it that, became a lesson and, and really propelled them to where they are today. So I think that that's key for people to understand that you can have things that happen in your life, but it's all about how you interpret that and internalize that and then what you do with that. So I just want to call that out, man. So good on you for doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, 100 percent. And, and like I said, man, it's, it was the hardest pill for me to swallow at that time. And there was a part of me for a long time, I have to admit that I, I didn't want to accept it, where I even felt lost because me being a professional football player, being a football player in general was my life. Not Your only identity. was my life, it was who I was. Mm-hmm. That's who I was. It was part of my identity. So yeah. to lose that, it was like, hey, what am I now? What yeah, am, am I? I? So I had to, yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to do a little soul searching for a bit, you know? You, you know, and 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 um, to be honest, I've had a, some of those thoughts recently. Like, who am I? What is my purpose? And I, I spent like a month or two, and I even got into therapy just to really figure that out. Like, I always had a good sense, but I was like, no, I really got to pinpoint exactly why I'm here on this planet. And I, I could honestly say now, at 36 years old, I am crystal clear about why I'm here on this planet. And I think. I think moments like that, they really force you to be in that position where for some people, maybe you always were gifted and blessed and you never really had to think about it. Things just kind of panned out that way. But for some of us, we got to get smacked in the face a little bit, you know, sucker punched or whatever you want to call it. But those moments, I think for the people who are introspective that really reflect can uh, open up a whole new world for them and, and, and really help them to get clear about why they're here on this planet. Um, but that's great, man. Alex, I love what you just did there. Um, so question number two, a little similar to number one, but um, doesn't have to be the same uh, story. But tell me about a time when uh, things weren't going your way, uh, when everything <laughs> kind of seemed to be falling apart and nothing seemed to be working out, trying after trying and trying and trying. Yeah. What did you do to get over that hump or that phase or that period in your life? And and, and how did you get through it? Yeah, so excellent, excellent follow-up question, man. And, and this is going to lead me into the second part of what happened after me once I, you know, I lost my dream, per se, when I, I felt like my dream was stripped away from me. I went through a long period of time of, you know, just wandering, not knowing what my purpose was, what I was going to do. And, you know, I even might even say I have probably was a little bit depressed. I fell into a little bit of depression. I wasn't diagnosed or anything like that, but I, just mm-hmm. the way that people describe depression, I can kind of relate to what that was. And I was feeling depressed and I felt like I couldn't do anything right. I felt like I had no purpose. I had no direction and I was just doing things to do things. And my life felt like it was worthless. It was meaningless. That's what I was, that's exactly how I felt. It was like a meaningless. And what I did to essentially get over that is I had to have a hard conversation with myself. I find a lot of people are scared to have that talk with themselves. Mm. They'll talk to other people, but sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and have that conversation with yourself and ask yourself, like, what's happening? What are you doing? What is going on here? What, 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 what is this about? You know you have more to offer to this world. And that's what I did to get over the hump. I remember the day, like it was yesterday, it was a few days where I was just like, nah, I can't, I can't do this to myself. I wasn't in shape. 
wasn't feeling right. My relationship with my family wasn't going well. And I sat there and I said to myself, like, Alex, what are you doing? And that's the point where I accepted the failure, where I said, Alex, you failed that, man. You didn't make it. You didn't make it. But right as soon as I said that, I accepted it. I realized it was okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was okay. It was okay that I wasn't a professional athlete and I, I didn't have that dream. It wasn't the end of the world. I realized that it was not the end of the world. There was other things out there for me. There's other things that I'm really good at. There's other things that I'm passionate about. And for me, that's how I got, or I, I overcame it. I had a nice, long conversation with myself. I deep, you know, I, I didn't lie to myself. I didn't sugarcoat anything for myself. And I just said, Alex, this is what it is. This is what happened. Mm. It's okay. It's time to move forward. And from that day on, I moved forward and I, I never really looked back. I never really looked back. You just cut, touched on something that reminded me of what I posted today. And I'll tell you why. So I made a post today. It says, nothing is what it seems. It just is what you make it. Yes. And uh, so yep. I'll give you a little backstory. There's like a backstory of the backstory. So um, I remember many years ago in 2015, I did this personal development course called Landmark. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but they have an introduction course. It's called a Landmark Forum. It's a three-day intensive course. It's, it's, it's crazy. But the one major nugget I got from it was everyone plays a story in their head, no matter what you've been through. Everyone plays a story. The question becomes, are you going to use that story to empower you or disempower you? And so I remember in my, in my session, there was this beautiful woman there and she was there with her husband and she got up and she shared her story and she shared that in her previous marriage, she was newly married, maybe about one or two years at this point. Um, in her previous marriage, her ex-husband had raped her and it was affecting the intimacy in her new marriage. And the instructor was like, you know what, what happened to you is a very traumatic experience and no one can ever rob you of what happened to you because that's very serious. But you have to ask yourself, is that story that you keep replaying in your head, is that empowering you or disempower you? And everyone has a choice. Regardless, it might not seem like a choice and it might not even be a good one. Shoot, this let's, week be, let's on be real. A lot of us don't really have Kareem. great choices but you still have a choice. And I think you're speaking on that, you know, when you decide to look yourself in the mirror and be like, you know what, let me just face the noise. And then you're like, you know what, it's actually not that bad. And I think that story, facing it, leading up to it, we play this story, oh, this is gonna be so bad, my life's over, what am I gonna do, you know, boom. And then you face it and you're just like, oh man, you mean I could have done this like four months ago? <laughs> you know, I could have been over it. Right. And that for me, it's, it's funny, we all know this intuitively, but when we have to face our own funk, it's a different situation, right? And even this week, I had to myself where something came over me, man. Like, I was like, man, right now, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in a period of my life where I'm just in love with the truth, the good, yeah. the bad, yeah. the yeah. ugly, because I just, I like going, I like when my face hits the pillow, and my, I'm at peace. There's nothing like tugging at my heart or this and that it's just like i just rather deal with what i gotta deal with and yep. i know i'll get through it right so, man so kudos to you on that man because facing it you know looking at yourself facing 
facing yourself in the mirror is not easy in the moment, but once you do it, you're like, it really isn't that bad. Yes, there might be a period of rough and, and, and tribulation, but, you know, for the most part, you'll make it through. Yeah, it, it's not that bad. And it, it's a lot of people, I find, they tie their failures to who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's who they are. You're, you, you, they, they think because they feel that this, that overall, that they're a failure. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. It, it's, it's okay to fail. It is. And you're, you're probably going to fail more than once. And it's okay. But like what you said, it's what are you going to do about that failure? Are you going to let that failure hold you down? Or are you going to let that failure propel you into something greater? And, yeah. and, 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 and really, it's a decision I have to make. It's a de- I decided that I'm going to use this failure as motivation. You know, I'm not saying it's easy to do and everyone can do it. But for me, I, I just didn't want that to hold me down. I didn't want that to be like my final chapter per se, like, hey, this is where my story ends. I wanted to create a new ending, a new story going forward from that. You know what I mean? Right. No, 100 percent. And the, one of the key words you just used there, and I wrote it down, was decided. Meaning yeah. you made a decision, you made a choice. And I think, you know, you know, a lot of us, uh, we feel like things are out of control. And, and granted, many things are, but I think we overplay the ones that are in our control and feel like there's nothing we can do about it when we can. And it just reminded me, I, I, I sat down with uh, an old friend of mine who's very successful at a young age. And, you know, she's spoken at TEDx and runs her own company. Um, and she was telling me the difference between an optimist and a pessimist besides the obvious. And she's like, when it comes to failure, an optimist doesn't relate the failure to themselves. They relate it to the situation. Like, okay, what about the situation wasn't favorable for me? That is the reason why I didn't succeed in this moment. So it's, it's, it's um, registered to, a, it's restricted to a moment in time where a pessimist, that same situation, they internalize it to them, you know? Right. And so it's just that slight difference in philosophy, that slight difference in thinking. Even recently, I discovered like I used to like there was a I'll I'll be you know transparent and open and honest with you as I, I like everyone to be on my platform. There was a moment in time where I used to stop going on. I didn't scroll on Instagram because there was a moment in time a few years ago where legit other people's successes used to bother me because I used to feel like I was better than them, hundred percent. So I didn't yeah. scroll. I used to just post and get off. Right. right. So I, I would never see what what's going on unless, you know, you open up the app and you were like the first thing that came up. That was it. Right. right. And then, you know, recently I had this mental shift, even though I've been on Instagram back for a while. But there's a philosophy change where even if you look at somebody that is doing, quote unquote, better than you to not internalize it, to say they're better than you, they're doing better than you but not, they're not better than you. It's a slight, slight change in the language, but it's a completely like different way that you internalize that. I like that. I might even steal that one. Go <laughs> for it, man. Free game, free game, free game. We, I we love get- that one. Yeah. You know, and for me, uh, I was lucky and I was fortunate enough that, you know, when I, when I see someone else succeed and someone else is doing well, what goes through my head is I can do that. I can mm. do that. So it's actually motivation. So I mm. almost like to see other people succeed because when someone else succeeds, it puts right in my head like, I can do that too then. If that person can do that, I can do that too. You know what I, love, I mean? I yeah. love that perspective. And yeah. that's why I love going back to the gym because it's, it's motivating. You know, I had a, 
homegirl, even though not in the same gym, she sent me a video a while back of her doing on the leg press six plates on each side. And I was like, what? Yeah. Not, not to sound sexist, but other than she wasn't a bodybuilder by any, so normal person just working out, yeah. not a bodybuilder, not right. competing for no competition. She was doing legit six plates on each side. Wow. And I was just like, that was motivating me. And I, guess what? Right. I went to the gym. Guess what I did? Six plates on each Three side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I, I right. definitely I definitely get it, man. Right. That, that's exactly how I am, man. It's a little bit of fun competition. I use it as motivation and competition. I find that competition brings the best out of me. So I look at like that, man. I see somebody become successful and do something awesome. I'm like, man, let me see if I can do that, too. Let me see if I can do it, too. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, question number three, the last question here, Alex. Um, what is the best lesson you believe you have learned from failing thus far? Yeah, excellent question, man. Excellent question. This is uh, one of those questions where, you you know, I like to like sit back and really think about it because a lot of people think that there aren't lessons to be learned when you fail. Uh, or like, you know, failure is just all bad and it's all negative. And it's, there's nothing positive to take out of it. But uh, I mean, there's a couple lessons, but the best lesson that I've learned is that one is that it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. Like there's, there's no way around that. You're, it's okay. You're going to fail. We all fail. Everyone in the world fails at something. We fail at something and it's okay. And the second thing that I got from is that and kind of I alluded to it earlier, is that you don't have to tie your failure to who you are, mm. right? Your failure is what happened. It's not you. It what happened, use that failure. So for me, that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned from failure. And I've almost looked at it, failure, as like it's almost a prerequisite to success. In order for you to succeed, you almost have to fail. I don't know any successful person that hasn't failed before. And they've used that failure as a motivation or momentum or whatever the case you want to call it to do greater and better things. Because what I use, that feeling that I have when I realized I wasn't going to reach my childhood goal, that feeling, it's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. And it's a feeling that I never, ever, 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 ever want to experience again. And I never want to go back to. So whenever I get into an, a, any kind of you know, I'm starting a gym or any kind of venture, anything I'm doing, I hold on to that feeling a little bit. I hold mm -hmm. on to it and I keep it with me. And I tell myself, remember how you felt when you failed at that? You never want to go back. So make sure that this time around, you give it your all. You give it your all because you don't want to have that same feeling that you had before. So I hold on to my failure. I, I Believe it or not, I hold on to it a little bit and I keep it in my pocket, in my back pocket for a bit as a reminder that you never want to go back there. And I never will. I'll never go back because of yeah. it, because of failure. Yeah. I, I like that. I like how you, you, you can pivot that and use something that would, could be traumatic for some people in the past and then use it to kind of motivate you for the oh, yeah. future or for the present. I like that. So you can always pivot. You can always change. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So, so a follow-up to that. Um, on that note, what is your one piece of advice to the millions of people who are experiencing failure right now? Yeah, absolutely. So anyone who's going through some failures right now, or some hard, hard times right now, uh, like I said before, man, guys, it's okay. 
you're not a failure. Uh, you never were a failure. You're probably going to fail again. And it's all good. All right. Just keep going. Keep pushing. But the last piece of advice, this is something I wish I would have told myself when I was a young kid and I was older, I would be able to tell myself this. I'm going to tell you guys this. So you can't say nobody's ever said this to you because you got to believe in yourself. You have to believe in yourself with all your heart. Nobody else can believe in you. Your parents can believe in you, your brother, sister, your, whatever the case is, they can believe in you. But you have to believe in yourself more than anything in the world. All right? Because once you have that self-belief and you know you can do something, nothing will stop. Nothing is stopping you. So go through that failure. Go through it. Learn from it. Grow stronger from it. And continue to believe in yourself. You can do it. 100% you can do it. I think you hit it right on the money with the belief, having that emphatic belief, if I can call it that. And yes. the way I describe emphatic belief is um, I think of, you ever seen like, a, I don't know if you have any pets, like a dog or have any friends who have dogs. You ever seen a dog in like a backyard and he seems to be like running in circles and you're like, what is this dog chasing to you? It looks like nothing, like the dog's crazy. He's running in circles. It looks like he's a mad puppy or a mad adult dog or whatever you call adult dogs or whatever. But yeah. to him, you, what you can't see is he's chasing like a little squirrel. He's chasing a little chipmunk. There's actually something that he's chasing. You just can't see it. For, so from your vantage point, it looks like the dog is crazy. But to right. the dog, he's so locked in. He's so focused because what he wants is right there. And I think we need to have that type of, you know, conviction when we're chasing things that we really believe in. And I use the word emphatic belief is, I think this is just my honest opinion that you, you know, when you have emphatic belief, when you go to sleep at night, it's on your brain, it's in your dreams. When you wake up in the morning, it's the first thing you think about it. It gives you these feelings in your stomach. It just doesn't leave you. It stays with you. doesn't matter where you are, who you're with, what you do, what you're doing, you're thinking about it. It's almost like you're obsessed. And that's how you know, like, okay, I'm supposed to do this thing and you got to put a plan to it. And one of the things that you just said, remind me of one of my boys who's in real estate, who's doing really well. He said, I don't believe most people fail at all. I just believe that they, they, they quit too early, right? They didn't give themselves enough runway. You know what I'm saying? So for him, he was like, whatever I do, I don't do, I don't start anything unless I know I'm committed to put three or five years into it. Yes. And so that's a, just an interesting perspective that you might not have failed. You just might've not put enough time to it. That might've been your circumstance. You just, you saw the Instagram success that people are apparently having, and you didn't know that that person has been doing this for 10 years and they just right. finally popped off. Right? right. But you're just seeing the, uh, the fruits of their labor. Now right. you didn't see the, the hard work and the grind and the nose and the rejections and whatever they went through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. I think there's actually something I like to call. It's like what I tell like my members and stuff like that, my clients and stuff like that is you have to be able to willing to put in the reps. You got to put the mm. reps in. I'm going to use gym terms. You know, you want to get in shape or whatever. It might take a million reps. It might take a million, maybe even 2 million reps to mm. get to where you want to go. Are you willing to go through that? It's not going to come easy. You got to be able to put the reps in. And, and, and that's, I think, exactly what you're talking about, is that people jump into something, get into it, and not realize that there's a million, two million reps 
that they have to do to become successful. And then they quit and they quit and they stop and they give up on themselves. So yeah, you got to put in the reps. You got to put in the work. Awesome. So Alex, where can people find you on the internet, on social? Where can people find a, find you to, to register for your classes or a personal yeah, coaching absolutely. session? Absolutely. So yeah, the best place to find me, I know a lot of people have many social medias. I like to focus on just two right now is you can find me on Instagram at Strength Camp Toronto, or you can find me on Facebook, same thing, at Strength Camp Toronto. And all my information is there. Send me a quick direct message. And if you need more details, I'll have them ready for you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, that does it for this episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem. And as I always like to end with, uh, guys, if you want to impress people, you know, talk about your wins, talk about your successes, the things you have. But if you really want to have an impact on people's lives, talk about your failures, the lessons that you learned from those tough times in your life. That's how you really move the needle with other people out there in the world. Uh, so until next time, guys, Alex and I are now. Peace and love.